This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. In episode nine of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss frustrating bucks, dumb DJ Moore, super King Henry, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone presented by Sport Tank. Oleong, Chris Tebert here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting the team in the National Football League. Tebs, how are you doing this fine week? How am I doing? Well, I can't complain, can I really? Well, you look at the magic that the Miami Dolphins have pulled off. We've got Bradley Chubb and when that news came in, I had a Chubb on as well. Literally un. <laughs> believable stuff you know we got the bears coming up don't feel too bad about the bears terrible team anyway but no i'll have a great time played my first uni ball match in four years had a great old time one but this isn't the uni ball show that's a different day different topic but i'm doing fantastic holly how are you doing i'm doing good so after four years of non-action are you feeling fit no i gen- it genuinely hurts to walk upstairs all right, well, we're looking forward to checking in throughout the rest of the Uniball season. Um, right, so we've obviously, we're covering week eight of the NFL season this week. Uh, it was a week that I think we were waiting for and people accepted gladly because there were finally some offensive explosions that we had been waiting for. It was only last week that we were venting about the fact that there were um, difficulties on the offensive units across the league. And uh, with amazing, well, three touchdown performances from the likes of Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle had one as well. Um, it was quite a large week uh, on in the NFL. So yeah, a really good week and it came as a bit of a relief um, to me. Tebs, we're in the NFL event zone. We're going to get some events on later, but as you do so very well every single week, could you please remind everyone what the event zone is? So basically what this podcast is about is, are you annoyed that your team has done something? Let's say... 
let's say you support the Steelers. And you're like, why, if we've got a rookie QB, if we traded away a big weapon? Damn, I've just bought myself a Chase Claypool jersey, but no one's really going to understand your struggle. Why did you buy? When did you spend £90 on a limited edition salute to service Chase, Chase Claypool jersey? People aren't going to really understand that, but we here at the Vent Zone do. If you're annoyed about anything in regards to your NFL team, then the vent zone is the place for you. We will take it all in. Make sure you stay light on your feet. You contain yourself during your daily life and not explode with anger about your NFL team. Correct. Yes, that is exactly it. Uh, each and every week, we fans get our teams winding us up and doing things that would just make us want to shout at the telly. We're here to provide a space so that you don't have to do that and you can enjoy the rest of your week calm cool calm and collected so we are in the vent zone let's get venting tebs just to explain to the listeners again we are down a producer yet again because he's still in america so tebs is gonna is on production duty again so uh, are you ready to queue up our first venter um oh yeah just a quick word everyone if you don't like swear words i would suggest you just skip <laughs> over the next minute and a half Get ready to hear some explicit and language. As, and as, and as, much as, as much as this lovely gentleman said, oh, have fun censoring that. No. We're, no, just not, we're going. not going to. I am a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Every day, every single fucking day, the, the social media posts some shit about, you know, this is our week, let's fucking go, some dumb bullshit like that. And then we get our hopes up because, you know, after all, we do have Tom Brady on the team and everyone's saying he's washed. Fuck off. He's not. He's just fucking using retarded goddamn coaching and they won't let him do his shit anyway. So we have this goddamn hope that, you know, you never count out Tom Brady. You never know something might happen. And then we, game week comes up and we're playing the Carolina Panthers. Oh, Wow. Something to get off our fucking mood, you know? They're one and five. So I think we'll be fine. Oh my motherfucking God. What the fuck is Todd Bowles doing? What the fuck is Brian Leftwich doing? Why don't they let the fucking team do their thing? Why don't they let Tom Brady do, their, do his goddamn fucking thing? Why, why do we have to do the stupidest fucking plays... In the goddamn history of the NFL, I, I think that this this uh, this fan epitomizes the whole point of this podcast. We are here for the fans, and this fan 100%. needs us. This fan needs us. 100%. I mean, he's obviously. I mean, the, this season is absolutely not going how the Buccaneers thought it would be, and I think it's fair to question whether Todd Bowles might well be the next coach that gets fired. Um, following in the footsteps of Matt Rule for a, a painful season uh, in 2022. I mean, it's difficult to understand why it's gone so wrong. I mean, we'll give some theories later, of course. But when you look at the roster, it's not that different from the one that won the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. I mean, obviously, they're ravaged by injuries on the defensive side in particular. Um, the offensive line has been weak. And Brady still has that ability to make throws that no 45-year-old man I think that's how it is. Should be able to make. He has the talent. You can see the throws. He does. He does make those extremely good throws. But 
he he he's clearly impacted by the poor offensive line performance, and I just think he look, he doesn't like taking hits at his ripe old age, and that just seems to be weighing on his mind. Um, that's my take on it, anyway. I mean, Tebs, where do you what have you thought of the uh, the Buccaneers season so far? Well, it's been, well the Buccaneers season as a whole has been poor. It's been poor. It's not it's not been impressive. Um, you know, like that Panthers game was a layup, right? It's like it's you don't have like no Mayfield starting, no Darnold starting. You've got XFL's PJ Walker starting. And one day people will not refer to PJ Walker an XFL quarterback, especially because he's been in the NFL for a couple of years now. He's not really an XFL quarterback anymore. Um, but I'd say that the the problem that I have with 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 this event is the you. They're saying about the coaching. The, the man's angry about the coaching of the Buccaneers. You're telling me that there's not a Peyton Manning, Adam Gase situation going on here, where the, the, the offense is from the mind of Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady's offense, not Leftwich's or Bowles's offense. I would I highly doubt <clears throat> that they that this isn't run past Tom Brady. And I think it's just a case of whatever pact Tom Brady made with the devil in 2000 well that it had a time lapse it was 22 years of greatness and now it's all going downhill because you look at how this season's gone for Brady like just in general his wife's filed for divorce he's come back to football and the whole thing last week of where it was where apparently Giselle said I've given you an ultimatum you either retire or you play or you play football when we get divorced Tom Brady comes out helmet in hand, true baller, absolute football guy. Gotta love him. Hall of Fame, own wing of the Hall of Fame. Um, but <laughs> it's not, it's not going well. well and were... but I don't think it's the coaching. I just think this is like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not a, he's not a robot as much as we might want to say it. He's got stuff affecting him. Yeah. And one of those things is the O line, but he's got outside things affecting him. Like, it, it, with the best bull in the world. Even a man like Tom Brady can't be completely devoid of being affected by distractions. Okay, but then <clears throat> do you reckon uh, Giselle has also had a negative impact on the running game because uh, Leonard Fournette yes. is averaging <laughs> Leonard Fournette is averaging three point four yards a carry. Uh, and I was looking at some stats earlier, and uh, they have rushed for thirty four uh, first downs, and they've passed. But 110. So there's an there's an immense imbalance, and I think when you when you are that imbalanced, it's just not possible to succeed. I thought it was interesting what you were saying, actually pointing at the um how like Tom Brady's like essentially masterminded this whole thing because there was lots of rumors that he actually like tried to get Bruce Arians out the door. Like he was he was it was a fallout between him and Bruce that really. And then Tom Brady got his way and kicked Bruce Arians out the door. And now it looks to me like they are missing him big time. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the whole thing of, is Brady a system quarterback? <laughs> Probably. Um, you know, and he and he flourished in the Arians. He's obviously flourished in the Belichick system. He doesn't flourish with that TB12 mentality. He can't hack himself. We think he knows football when, in fact, he's, he's, just, he's just a good arm and a pretty face. That's you all know, Tom Brady is. You heard it here first on the NFL. No, don't, oh all Tom Brady is is a good arm and a pretty face. Right, before, let's... Uh... Yeah, that's what most quarterbacks are, if I'm honest. That's true, that's true. Um, right, we're going to... So this this is a slightly different show, actually, because we're, we're actually 
a little bit more positive than um, than we would normally be on the NFL vent zone. I think because it was such a good week, we've decided that we're going to be a bit more positive this week. Well, yeah, for for both of our teams, like everything's sort of everything's sort of to look it up for us, you know. So All right, yeah, it's looking good. So we're gonna we're gonna come back to the vent later on. We're gonna have a listener actually call in with us and discuss their vent. Um, and first of all, we're gonna we're gonna do some bragging. We're gonna have a couple of brags on the play. Nice pun there. Uh, Tebs, do you want to kick us off? What are you bragging about this week? <clears throat> oh, you've got to look at the Miami Dolphins. It's like we we sucked, right? We sucked. There was one year, the year before our Lord and Saviour to attack up on a lower joint, the Miami Dolphins, that honestly, we sucked. It was hilarious to watch. It was hilarious <laughs> to watch. I... I I loved every second of it, especially when we lost to Washington and I cried inside a bar in Lincoln. But we don't talk about that. But there is one man who has saved the Miami Dolphins. And you're going to say to me, Tebs, isn't it to attack of Iloa? No. Is it Mike McDaniel? No. Is it Tyreek Hill? No, it's not. It's don't all, tell me it's all. No, it's Laramie Tunsil. Oh. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil. Who you're thinking, oh, he plays for the Texans, offensive tackle for the Texans. Or guard or something. What a guy. Let me just run this down for, for the people watching. All the and the people listening. Laramie Tunsil was traded to the Texans in 2018 in our tanking season. We got two first rounds. A second round, we traded Kenny Stills. And from that, two first rounders, we then traded one of those because the Texans sucked as well. We got the third round pick and we got the third overall pick in the draft. We traded that to the San Francisco 49ers for the 12th pick, a 2021 third and a first round in 2022 and 2023. Then what we did, we compounded that. We compounded that because we traded another pick to the Eagles to get the sixth spot. We gave them the 12th and a first. We then got Jalen Waddle. Then then what did we do? We took, we took some more of those little picks, little picks we'd accumulated, send those off to Kansas City, and now we've got Tyreek Kill. And then with the with the last first, because you're going to turn and be like, oh, Chris, there's, what about the first that Stephen Ross lost by being a dickhead and trying to tamper with Tom Brady? That's gone. Poof. But we still had a first belonging to the San Francisco 49ers, and we have traded that pick and a sixth and also... Chase Edmonds, sorry, a fourth, not a, not a sixth. We got a fifth. We get Bradley Chubb and a fifth. Magic, magic. We we've, we have now gone from as long as Tua stays healthy. This is the caveat. As long as Tua stays healthy, congratulations, Miami. You have made it to the superb owl. You fucking done it. We've we're all the way. It's no long. It's no longer playoffs for me, Ollie. It's all the way. Um, well, look, it, the trades, they were all worth it just to see this look on your face right now. That's what brings me real joy. Look, um, the, the chop jersey's in the post. It's in the post. <laughs> good. Well, it was good to hear about um, uh, you nursing a chub earlier as well. I think that everyone appreciated hearing about that. Uh, no, I mean, it is really good what you've uh, been doing. I also quite like, you know, as a 49er fan, I'm invested for a number of reasons. First of all, that is... A lot, a lot of those picks came from the tra uh, the Trey Lance trade, um, and, and look how well that's done for you. Shut up. 
<laughs> Shut up. It's too early. We're not going to look. We could spend a whole podcast debating that. But no, we uh, your forming your backfield is turning into an a completely ex 49er. Uh, backfield with Raheem Mostert leading oh, yeah, the way. Also, also, sorry, sorry. We've also got um, Jeff Wilson because because Chase Edmonds he's not from the 49er system, so we don't oh, yeah. really. So Mike, Mike McDaniel couldn't give two fucks about Chase Edmonds. Goodbye. Off you, off you go. Who do we get? Jeff Wilson from the 49ers, and we got Raheem Mostert, who was also from the 49ers. Do you have Matt? You do have Matt Breeder still, or is he? No, no, he's in the Giants. He's at the Giants. We, we, the Giants. we used to. We definitely used to. Um, I know you did. Yeah, I mean, it's look, it's brilliant what you do. Jeff Wilson is a he's a really good running back. He is a very good running back. I think he's averaging over five yards carry this year. That's going to be a great asset for the Dolphins to have, especially as Raheem Mostert prior to the season looked like he was made of glass he literally got injured on the very very first play oh, yeah it says that from a guy who's got christian mccaffrey on his roster now made of glass grow up should we have a wager i don't know what we'd even wager but who's gonna last longer raheem Mostert or uh or christian mccaffrey it's a bit sadistic but, to actually bet um, on injury. um Hmm. We've already got a pizza bet McCaffrey. going, don't we? So we could double up the pizza. Most and let's just point out this pizza bet. What was yours? Raiders, dog shit squad, Heineke, <laughs> elite level talent, two wins, elite. Yeah, the Raiders kind of laid an egg this week. My boy's coming have... through. He saw the Instagram. He didn't see the Instagram DM. Why would he? I need my blue check mark for that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, right then. Okay, good. That was that was a fun chat. I mean, the, the Dolphins, yeah, everything is looking rosy for the Dolphins. Uh, the concussions are in the window. That is it. That that shady period is over. Skylar Johnson is that no Skylar Thompson is back on the bench. Everything's good uh, in Miami. Right. I'm also bragging this week. I just think there's so much good stuff that why be negative this week? We're going to be positive. Um, now, you can't go. You can't go through uh you can't talk about offensive dominance without mentioning Derek Henry King Henry as I refer to him there isn't a man that epitomizes uh dominance more than Derek Henry he is the he is the player in the NFL that is most worthy of the title of a king or having a crown do you know why because this week he had his it's in the last four games against the uh, Houston Texans he has gone over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns he has been truly dominant against that awful side so in in those four games so these over, obviously over the last two seasons he has amassed 892 yards and eight touchdowns in the last four games against the Texans that is dominance if ever I've seen it. and what, what the funny thing about that is as well is they know what the Titans are going to do to them. The Texans know that when they go <laughs> yeah. the Titans at the weekend, they're playing, where is it, Malik Willis, right? In his first ever game, Derrick Henry's got the history against them. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to run Derrick Henry into the ground, and that's what they did. Could the Texans do anything to stop it? No. Absolutely nothing. Uh, I mean, if that doesn't say dominance, I don't know what does. Uh, did you see any of it, Tevs? I did see, it and it's honestly, it's just surprising because, like, the Titans, they've they've fallen off the wagon a bit. But if you were to, you know, put that against the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans are dangerously close to being an XFL team. 
they are right on the border. Like, if there was a relegation, like, Roger Goodell should just look at this and go, like, oh, Christ, maybe we should bring in relegation. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're so bad. They're so bad. I say all this. Dolphins have got them next week. Watch us watch us lose. I can feel it in my blood. But, yeah, it's one of those things where you, you go into a game against the Titans with their backup QB and one of their backup there, their, <clears throat> their sort of new prospect QB who's not played before. Derek Henry's getting the ball. And he's such a dominating force that you can't really do much about it unless you stack, stack the line. And they just weren't prepared for that. What a surprise the Houston Texans aren't prepared. You know, it's just, just sad more than anything. The Texans used to be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they... Uh... They've been they've been lacking for a long time now. I mean, they've got their exciting rookie Damian Pierce, and the uh, the the poor Texans have got to go up against the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles tonight. Oh yeah, well, game... later today, like, like, later tonight. Like I'm tempted to just stick a fiver on some absolute dominance, <laughs> absolute no score from the Texans. Um, I believe well, Jalen Hurts. I would be tempted to do the same, but then you just in the. It would just feel like typical 2020 NFL season fashion for the Texans for some weird reason to to like eke out a win because like yep, they're missing yep. they're missing Brandon Cooks they're missing Brandon Cooks they're missing their number their, their number two wide receiver Nico Collins yep. that leaves them like Philip Dorsett and a load of other no name wide receivers they've obviously got Damian Pierce who's a rookie who I assume is just going to touch the ball a hundred times today so we'll just have to hope he makes it out without an injury honestly honestly like I completely agree like this because the NFL is the NFL this is going all the way you look at it through through your third eye your football eye Texans up yeah <laughs> Texans going happen. over honestly like the, the 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 sort of betting line for the Eagles is probably so low that it's not even worth putting anything on. You no, I might checked as earlier. Well just put... ten, ten pound ten pound wins you one pound fifty, I believe. Uh, just as Tebs even that to me, I, I would genuinely. I might just put a quid on the Texans just for just for just for banner because they're not going to win. But if they do, like if I put a pound on Texans to beat the Eagles. That should be at least a two grand back from me. <laughs> yeah. You get your grand total of six pounds, so I'm not going to recommend it. Uh, right then, we're going to move on now because we have been way too positive here, haven't we, Tebs? Like, at the end of the day, this is the NFL vent zone. Uh, the NFL vent zone is for venting. I mean, it is for bragging as well. It's for fans in general. So if you do want to get something off your chest, whether it is positive or negative, you've got to send it to us, nflventzone at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get it on the show. We're getting someone on the show later. So if that sounds like it's your street, uh, send us an email, come on the show, and you can tell us why we're wrong when we try and make you feel better about your event. Um, right. Where are we moving next? We're going to talk about the Panthers, who we did actually talk about a little bit earlier. Um, we There should be a screenshot somewhere for you to bring up, Tebs, because uh, for this one, I reached out to some lovely Panther fans on Facebook. And uh, what do you think we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about the enemy that was DJ Moore, who, it, I mean, it was great to see the Panthers finally have an offensive explosion. They've, been, they've made the art of scoring look incredibly difficult all season. Um, 
it turns out you just need to get Christian McCaffrey out of the building and put Deontay Foreman in and suddenly you're an offensive unit to be reckoned with. Uh, however, I think it was probably more likely that it was the painfully depleted uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, secondary that helped. So PJ Walker helped himself to 317 yards, capping off the game with an absolutely stunning best throw of the season, 62-yard Hail Mary to DJ Moore. You get maybe one or two Hail Marys every single year, if that, frankly. And to tie the game, DJ Moore takes his helmet off while celebrating. Can't do that. In the eyes of the NFL, that is a penalty worth 15 yards. So that sets the PAT back from a very makeable 33 yards to a daunting 47 yards, which I think you could agree. Like when that happens, you know, if that happened to my team, given the state of the game, knowing that you just have to make the kick to win the game, the kick gets put back to the 47 yard line. I wouldn't give, my, I would just assume that my kick is going to miss it. Um, but really, the, Tebs, the question is here, who's to blame? Who's more to blame? Is it DJ Moore for taking his helmet off? Is it the kicker for missing the kick? Or is it the referee for throwing the flag? Because apparently, well, DJ Moore was off the field when he took his helmet off. So apparently by the letter of the law, that's not actually a foul. Who do you think is it to blame primarily? Well, I mean, if that is true and DJ Moore was off the field when he took his helmet off, then obviously it's the referee. But <clears throat> I don't like it's not like a holding call. It's fairly cut and dry. If you see someone take the helmet off and they're on the pitch, that is a 15 yard penalty. It, it is. There's no like something like you can't half take your helmet off. I mean, you can. But that's still, I imagine that's still a flag. But um, like you can't if the helmet is off, it's off. And if he's on the pitch, then it is a flag. Yeah. Um, was the kick, you know, makeable? Yes, it was. But also, this is the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers, why would why would the Carolina Panthers want to win that game? Why? Yeah, I, what, I oh, saw you, something. Oh, you get I saw something where if they had won that game, they would have jumped up 16 positions in the draft. Now, for a team that have traded away Christian McCaffrey, they've just struggled at the quarterback position for like years. It feels like, like you do you you want that you want that nice juicy draft pick. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that um, that their kicker's in on it, but you know, <laughs> I, ma I imagine at some point walking walking back through the halls of. Um, Bank of America Stadium, someone has probably patted him on the back and went, Whoa, good job. You know, I'm sorry, but like, it's not, it's not a massive loss for the Panthers. Cause like, if Panthers fans think they're, they're doing anything this season, then they're wrong. They're just wrong. You're not. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, it, know it, that, you know that you're in a rebuild. Like, you, you've got like Brian Burns is your guy and you're going to build around him. Right, and then you've got half decent QBs, I think, anyway. Yeah, but you've got no one else, like, you're not doing anything. I would argue that their, their, their QBs are not half decent. I mean, Baker Mayfield has been an absolute disaster. I think mean, that prior to the season, we were saying that he was going to be all right, and it's not ended up that way at all. Um, no, but yeah, but, but... yeah, what I've, got no, I've, got no, I've got no defense, he just has been. He has been. I mean, the uh, this is. I guess it's like the the only frustrating thing about the NFL is is the 
is the fact that, that you get to this point of the season when you're a team like the Panthers or you're a team like, yeah, just someone who's got no chance, like the Texans. It's like, you, yeah, you want to win, but it's like you're just damaging the future. And if you're if you are already thrown in the towel, like the, the Panthers are admitting that they need, you know, they need that high draft pick. Yeah, and by winning, games, by winning games like that, they would, uh, yeah, they'd be in trouble. So, yeah, it, that was an interesting one. Uh, it, it, yeah, I think that I come on, I come on the refs. I'm, I'm the same as you. I think the refs are the biggest enemy. But DJ Moore, just, just keep the helmet on. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, like it really is that simple. Like I'll put, I'll put it just like this. I can even put this in personal terms if you like. Like as I said, I played a game <clears throat> on Sunday, and I, when we were on the two yard line. I got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and we went back 15 yards. We then didn't score. Do you know, do you know how awful that makes you feel as a, as a, as a person, as a player, that you, that you have cost your team the opportunity to score? Um, it's not good. It's not good. Like he sh- I imagine he feels bad and so he should. You know, it's... Well, you see it with you see it with kickers as well. And the, the painful thing when you see a kicker go through an experience like that is when you see them miss the kick, and then you see them miss the next kick because he did miss another kick in overtime. You just know that he's he's fired, and every, everyone knows he's fired. Although I haven't actually seen that he's been released. But when you typically when you see a kicker miss a kick like that, it's like game over for them. You just know that they're they're off the team. Uh, right, we don't want to spend too much time talking about the Panthers now, do we? So we're going to move on. Uh, to our next event and for that we're actually going to bring in our first live venter uh so tebs if you can bring in jordan um and jordan jordan hello gents can you hear me all right yeah we've got your first live venter how are you mate all good all good how are we all right yes we're having a we're having a very good time we're having a good time um can you please talk us through what is pissing you off in the world of the nfl right now I certainly can. And that would be the overhyped running quarterback. The They are a fantasy luxury. In the postseason, it is seen again and again that running quarterbacks are overhyped. I'll go back through Super Bowl previous winners. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. Can you guess the theme there? (laughs) I'll even go through losing Super Bowl quarterbacks. Joe Burrow. (laughs) Sorry. Joe Joe Burrow. Um, Brady. Who, Who else? Cam Newton is the only running quarterback in the last 10 years that has been in the Super Bowl. And we all know what the score was against the Denver Broncos with them. My point is, you look at the running quarterbacks at the minute, you've got who? Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, Jalen Hurts. If I told you in the postseason they have a one in six record and all of them have a passer rating of under 70, you will understand my frustrations. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's a really good point. And like, it's one of those things where you're right. It's become, it's really come to the forefront recently, how you want a rushing quarterback. And I want, I guess that is because it could be because the fantasy side of it has taken over so much. Um, the only thing that I would say in kind to kind of argue against that, the rushing quarterback as like a concept 
it's more common now. I mean, I'm, I wasn't watching the game 15 years ago, but I remember the reason that I started supporting the 49ers was because when I was watching quarterbacks back then, it was because everyone was a, like a, a statue in the pocket. Like you had your Roethlisberger's of the world and that, and then you had Colin Kaepernick who was running around like mad. And now it seems like every other team has a Russian quarterback or a Russian element to it. So it, I want, it'll be interesting to see if those stats do change over the coming years, because obviously this year you've got, um, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen they're leading the two Super Bowl favourites so would you argue that you're basically saying you don't give them any chance of winning the Super Bowl I think when it comes down to the Super Bowl you play on your big game players and that comes down to your throwing game um, you know I had a quick look earlier and there's only one running back in the last 10 years that has scored two rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl and that was James White Every other rushing, every other rushing touchdown, there's only been one per person in a game. That makes sense. So only one running back has scored a rushing touchdown. The only quarterback to score a rushing touchdown, I'm sorry to bring it up, Ollie, was Patrick Mahomes against the Niners. So again, you know, when it comes down to those big games at the end, it comes down to their throwing game and the quality of that throwing quarterback, not to do with the rushing game. Um, and this overhyped, and the only reason these quarterbacks get so hyped in the in the normal season is because they get loads of fantasy points. You know, that is it. And it comes to the postseason and they lose, you know, like Lamar Jackson gets trounced by Brian Tannehill Titans. You know, you know, come on, like things like that. You know, yeah. they, they just bottle it. Yeah. Tebs, any thoughts? Well, you can say that about Ryan Tannehill, but like everyone knows the Titans game plan. First down, Henry. Second down, Henry. <laughs> Third down, Tannehill will do a bootleg and then run around the outside. He might as well be a fucking running quarterback at this point. No, I do tend to agree. Um, just obviously, it's, it's helped by the fact that <clears throat> who everyone know who the quarterback is who has the um, best passer rating in uh, the NFL currently. Do you know Smith? <laughs> oh no, it's it's two attack of Iloa. How many games has he won? And when 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 he's played the full game, how many games has he won? All of them. Oh, it's all of them. It's all of them. Ah, didn't it? Well, well, so it is again. It's no, Jalen no, no, Hurts no. too. What happened? What happened in his one playoff game? Who <laughs> threw two interceptions and had a passer rating of under seventy? You know, it's just. I do, I guess it does make sense when you think about it, right? When you play during the season, your regular season, you play against, you play against anyone and everyone. When you get to the postseason and especially the Super Bowl, how often does a team get to the Super Bowl when you've got a bad defense? So. Maybe what we're just the point is, I guess, that the Russian quarterback gets found out by the good defenses. And when you get to the the Super Bowl, uh, when you get to the postseason, when you have more time to actually plan for the Russian quarterback, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or whoever it is, you have more time to pre prepare for it. It kind of makes sense that the Russian quarterback is less effective when you can have time pr to prepare for it. It's just in the middle of the season. You're just caught up in like the the how manic the season is, and you just have to react rather than kind of properly prepare and plan for it. So but even um, like even like in, you know you say in current times where there's more rushing quarterbacks, you know you look at the AFC and NFC Championship games last season. You had Joe Burrow, you had Matthew Stafford, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, and you had Patrick Mahomes. So all those names with Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, all those you know Josh Allen, they're not there, and they won't be there this year. And don't get me started on Josh Allen. So there we go. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's a really good point. And um, 
It's definitely one to track. I mean, it's going to be interesting. As I said earlier, the two Super Bowl favourites are led by Russian quarterbacks. So on the Super Bowl episode or after the Super Bowl, we'll get you back on, Jordan, and we'll have a, we'll have a quick look at that. Um, but thank you for coming on. Thank you for being our first. No, uh, live thank, thank you for having me. Good. Producer Cash, get rid of him. <laughs> He's not here anymore, is he? Pretty, he was. No, he's not. He's he <laughs> it's me now. Uh, all right, brilliant. Tebs, I mean that'll that'll do us for the that'll do us for the evening. It was good to have our first live venter on and he makes a very good point. Um any final thoughts from you before we be- bid farewell to our listeners and they let them off and enjoy the tech versus the Eagles. My 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 head is empty in terms of final thoughts apart from goodbyes and thank yous. So and we love you, listeners. <laughs> so do come back next week. We will be live again on the Sport Tank Facebook page at 7pm. Uh, you can also check us out on uh, Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on the Sports Social Network and we are presented by Sport Tank. So also go to Sport Tank website where you can catch up on um, NFL breakdowns, my weekly event zone column, lots of Brit Ball stuff, lots of uh, yeah, uni ball, British American football if you're looking to get into that. Um, it's all good stuff. We've got a lot going on. We'll leave it there. Thanks everyone for listening. We will catch you soon. Podcast Network.